a lot of people have the question, why do you need a still photographer on a motion picture? But on every film, there is a whole other aspect to filmmaking. It mostly comes after the production of the film, and it's the publicity and marketing phase of promoting a film. Everybody's seen a movie poster, everybody's read a review and seen a photograph or clicked on a thumbnail on a streaming service. And a still photographer is there every day. We capture all moments and we're looking for that wonderful image that could really show people what the movie is about before they see any video at all. Check it out, take it down. Welcome to Living Loud, Living Long. We are a community for women like you who want to lead healthy, active, second acts to their lives. Women who want to transform their careers, their health, and become the active, healthy person they're seeking to be. We give you the information and the support that you need for your transformation. I am Dr. Candace Hughes, and I'm the founder of Living Loud, Living Long. If you like what we are doing, please like, share our podcast with your family and friends. Donate to our patron account and become a corporate partner or sponsor. Today, we want to thank our partners and our sponsors, including Team Vivo, who provides fitness online for 50 and older people, as well as our donating patrons. Go to our website at livingloudlivinglong.com to become a partner, sponsor, or patron, and to learn more about all the activities we offer. We hope you enjoy our podcast today with Claire Folger, a still photographer in the film industry. Do you have one or two films that you've worked on that you feel helped you grow as a professional and how did they help you grow? Well, obviously, probably my first film that, that I did opened my eyes to the fact that this was even a job, which I had no idea it was. Um, I was just asked to come in and work on what was a very, very small film and a small project. The director has since gone on to make bigger things, but it was his first project and I went to Sundance and I had no idea what I was doing, but it was really lucky that I was working on a little tiny film because it didn't really matter. I was able to join the film crew and get a sense of, it's my first introduction to filmmaking because I do not have a background in film. My background was in biology. But it sort of seemed to be a comfortable place. I enjoyed being there. And it was really fun to capture images that were being shot. I really enjoyed it. So that was probably one of the biggest, you know, moments in my life was to be a part of a film set and decide at that moment that, hey, this is something that I like and I'd like to do more. And honestly, I, I don't know whether I even believed it was a job back then. It was just kind of something fun that I could do as, as a hobby, maybe. I think later on, when I realized that it was an actual job, a paying job and a union job, it, it sort of evolved into a more, more of a career thought for me. 
I think the second film you could say that that was most influential in my journey was the one where I was offered to join the union and make this an actual career. I heard one thing as you were talking there that I just wanted to briefly pick up on where you mentioned your background was in biology, which for many people might be surprising. We've talked to a lot of of women who have gone through different changes or shifts within their career and, and been able to make that leap, which is not always easy to do. But one reason that the leap worked with you is you were, had been doing photography as part of your biology role. Is that is that right? And can you tell us just briefly a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I personally think everybody should have more than one career. I think that's it's a really good thing to move through your life and and sort of go through several different incarnations of yourself. I think it's a great thing. But yes, I had always done some photography when I was growing up. My dad was a photographer, not professional photographer. His interest was in antique cameras. Uh, he sort of bought them, fixed them up. He liked to take images with the the old cameras. And I was introduced to photography at an early age. When I got my degree in biology, I went on to become an electron microscopist, which is a very image-oriented biology field. It was just one of those things that was part of my job. And it was actually incredibly good for me to be a part of the industry when sort of film was going out and digital was coming in. So while I was at Boston University, we switched from film cameras to digital cameras. We switched from uh, making photographic plates the traditional way to making them on the computer. I learned Adobe Photoshop. I think the first version I worked on was version three. So that was incredibly important. A lot of photographers had trouble being able to switch from film to digital. Yeah, in fact, I think that um, photography is one of those things that bridges both the right and the left side of your brain, I think. There's a lot of science to photography. There, there to, and of course, now you can have the instant result of your exposure seen right on the back of your camera. In fact, the camera will emulate so you can see what you're going to get. Back when I was shooting film, you can see what you were going to get. You had to know what exposure to use. And you also had to have an idea of what using different f-stops was going to do. And you were constrained by the sensitivity of your film. And and also there's the film choice. Like, are you going to be shooting black and white? Are you going to be shooting a tungsten balanced film? What do you shoot to get what you want? And I think it's more than just having an eye and having a creative sense of what a good image is. You definitely have to make that split second decision about getting something. You have to look at what you're, you have to you sort of look at everything at once in the frame and make some decisions. And some of those, I think, are just instincts. So I almost think it's three things. It's like the science of knowing what, how you want the picture to come out and being able to control that using the camera settings. It is being a creative person, but there's also that social aspect where you have to read the room, you have to read people, you have to read expressions. And for somebody who shoots people rather than you know, architecture or landscape, there's that, that social aspect where you have to 
you have to connect with somebody's emotion or humanity when you create an image. Uh, we've also talked a lot today about community. Of course, we at Living Loud, Living Long here, we are a community. We're providing training, support, and inspiration for 50 up women who want to change their careers. But we also, besides these communities, we've talked about your, we've brought up your union a few times too, which has, as you said, some aspects of training to it and support, but of course, in a much more formalized, uh, industry-focused way. And not all jobs or roles or industries have uh, unions. So I would, for one, love to learn more, and I'm sure many of our listeners would like to hear more about uh, how the union is supporting your industry and community, uh, how you've been involved with that, and aspects of the give back, because I believe you mentioned that they have the mentoring program. Uh, how does the union function to help careers, give back, and, and that sort of thing? First off, the most important thing our union does is bridge the gap between workers and the producers of films and television. There, We work long hours. We work all night long. We work in all kinds of conditions. If you just look at, think about any movie that you've ever seen, anytime you see a night shoot or a night scene, it's typically... People were up all night doing that for several nights. I think the big one was that last episode of Game of Thrones where they said that they did nights for three months to film that big final battle scene. And wow. just, yeah, well, just think about that, what that's like for somebody who's working. Where you go to work at like five o'clock, four or five o'clock at night and you wrap when the sun comes up um, and you do that for three months solid. Uh, it's, it's, Nobody has ever suggested that it's a healthy thing to do to work the night shift. So <clears throat> that's just one thing that the union is there to just make sure that people are being, we have the resources if we need them to be able to do our job, but also to do it safely and to, to be paid standard rate. And also it, it helps us provide, it helps us qualify for health insurance, most, most also important. So the union does a whole lot of stuff. We've just been talking uh, just now and earlier as well today, a lot about uh, people getting into the field, how they can get the mentoring and so on. Would you be able to share a few words with our L4 community for people who want to get started in photography. What is the best way for them to get started? I think you just need to find something that you want to shoot and have your camera with you all the time. There's no way to, the, the best way to learn is to do. And I think that exploring with the camera on your own will lead you to the things that get you excited about doing photography. Oh, thank you. That's really good advice. Now, related to this about uh, how getting started in photography, there's a lot of people who are just getting started or maybe they've been doing it for a little while and they would really like to get some financial remuneration from their photography. They want to commercialize their work. 
do you have any recommendations for people who would uh, like to see some financial return from what is their creative passion? Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. How do you turn a creative field into a career? I think that's always, that's always been a tough one. <sighs> I think the idea is to, uh, well, back when I was first starting to do this, I had a, I started a business for headshots for actors. Part of it was because I was starting to get involved in film. And when you're getting involved in film, you're working with actors who need a resume photo. Again, it was very specialized at a time and I didn't know what I was doing. And I went out and I did research. I went to some casting agents. I met with them. I said, what makes a good headshot? Show me some headshots. Show me what you like about them. Show me the ones that really don't work for you. So I tried to do some research and learn what, what was an acceptable professional level of a headshot. So I think in number one, do, do some research, talk to people, figure out, figure out what you like to do, number one, um, whether it's food photography, whether it's photojournalism, and then who wants this photography, I guess, is, is the question. Find out what people pay for this photography. Any hobbies that you have that you feel contribute to uh, your health? Because I know men mentally, you want to keep mentally strong and fit, drawing and your art hobbies could help with that. Are there any that are more sort of in physical fitness or other kinds of healthy hobbies with your intense work schedule uh, from your still photography? Are there any other hobbies that you have that you want to share with us? I got my bike out of the basement. I had that tuned up. I started biking again. I think that has been a wonderful thing uh, that I'm going to continue as long as I can. It's nice to get out in the air. It's nice to do that. So I do biking. I do gardening. I love to lift weights, but I'll be honest, I have not been to a gym. Yes, thank you. That That's a wonderful sentiment, a great sentiment to end on. And I thank you for spending time with us today at Living Loud, Living Long in our L4 community. And we really appreciate all the wisdom and advice that you've shared with us about uh, photography and work and career changes and all these sorts of things. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Looking for a positive, uplifting community for 50 and up women? We celebrate 50 and up women who are living loud, living long, with authentic stories of real people who are creating the life they want, winning athletes, entrepreneurs, and creatives. We are tsunami wiping away outdated ideas of who we are. We give voice, we give visibility, we give community, learning, sharing, changing, vibrant, healthy, strong. If that's you, you belong with us. If you enjoyed our podcast, support our work by clicking like, subscribing, becoming a member of L4 at livingloudlivinglong.com and donating to our Patreon account so we can keep bringing you awesomely inspiring people. See you next month.